Disclaimer. AFL players, coaches, and umpires are professionals. The hilarious remarks and nicknames said in this podcast are not intended to be offensive in any way. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. All right, this is the Cousins AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm Keebs, coach of the Super Subs. I'm here with my cousin, Jados. Jados, how you doing? I'm well, thanks. I am the coach of NFNL, KFKL, no fife, no life, no fife, no life. Sorry, I cut you off there. I didn't give you a chance to say your team name. It has to be said. It's because I didn't want to hear it, to be honest. (laughs) This is so exciting. We are here to talk about AFL Fantasy. I've got my lucky undies on. We're ready to go. Love it. Can I see? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right now. Oh, I love it. All right. What color do you reckon they are? Oh, red. Nah. Wrong. You're going to have to tell us. One more guess. Blue. Wrong again? Damn it. Um, that you'll never know. What you have I to guess? You can't know. do me like no, that. No, you can't do the I'll tell you later. Like that. How just... about how about we leave it for the end? It can be a little surprise. All right, I love it. End. Okay, I'm... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, so we... <laughs> that is not how I expected us to start. But... No, we're, we're off to a very weird start. But the, pre- <laughs> the preseason. <laughs> Keep going. Don't laugh. Okay, the preseason. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to cut already. <laughs> Come on, you can do it. I haven't. I can't, I can't. Um, I, the audio is still rolling. I'm done. It's over. Oh, okay. No, all right. I'm good. The preseason games have come and gone. It's a good week. It's we're up and about. The vibes are happy, as you can tell. Oh, the, it's it's good, mate. It's been good to watch some footy. I'm a happy man. I'm a happy, happy man. I've been excited all day to get into this pod and straight off the top. So looking at you and laughing. <laughs> uh. All right, we're back. I've got the giggles out. It's safe to say the energy is well and truly up and about. The preseason games have come <clears> and gone again. And straight off the top, I've got a bone to pick. And my bone to pick is with all the people on Twitter who were saying that Rob wouldn't be the Crows' number one ruckman. <laughs> what are you doing? Like... It must just be salty Adelaide fans, to be honest. But Phil Thorpe averaged five hitouts in the Sandful last year. Five. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> you can count on one hand. There's no way that he was ready to be a number one ruckman in the AFL. Rob's come out, smashed West Coast. T- to be fair, you know, he was rucking against Callum Jamison. But smashed West Coast, got a bunch of hitouts, was good around the ground, did what Rob does. There's no way that he's not going to be the number one ruckman. He's easily the best ruckman at Adelaide. Yeah. Well, Keebs coming in hot. Don't talk about my boy like that. <laughs> I think all the Adelaide fans maybe maybe watch him pretty closely. I think I think I just <laughs> I've just baked a whole supporter base, which yeah. I apologize for. But you'll die on this Rob Hill. My bone is well and truly picked. Rob is the man. <clears throat> I'll back him in at every turn. Yeah. All right. Um, I've got a bit of a bone to pick as well. Um, <laughs> this is in regards to a certain player who dropped a 177 over the weekend, Errol Goulden. 
And my bone to pick is with all the coaches on Twitter. There are a couple. We'll, we'll leave them un- unnamed. Yeah, unshamed. Unnamed. We don't. But feel feel the we, shame, we, but we're not going to say your name. <laughs> shame, no name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's the coaches that all all of a sudden are claiming that Goulden is their boy and are like, stop talking about him. You ruined him as our pod and particularly directing it at the traders. The, tra- um, the traders are boys. They don't know that, but they're our boys. <laughs> they're our boys too. Okay. We're going we're gonna to have their back. Yeah. Um, just saying, oh, you ruined my pod because you tweeted about Goulden. Oh, stop tweeting about Goulden. It's like, mate, he dropped a 177. I believe the words were shut your fat face, <laughs> which is- No, your, your fat mouth, the I fa- think fat it was. Mouth, yeah, that about is Goulden. rude. <laughs> it's not on. That's rude as. Hey, in the fantasy community, we're all about good vibes. If a player is scoring well, we're going to pump them up. And we're going to talk about them. And hey, we have some bants on this pod. But we do. We're not rude. That's- all right that is um those are our bones that we've well and truly picked bones picked all right we've just had our official pre-season games i'm keen to talk about what we've seen the the ups and the downs the highs and the lows there's so much to talk about um i have not seen as much of it as i would have wanted i was pretty busy over the weekend i saw about four of the games but Keebs, you watched all of it. I've seen every second of every game from start to finish. I'm your man. I've got all the goss. <laughs> um, so it's going to be me, sort of fishing for the for the goss from Keebs and seeing what you know all the relevant players, what they actually looked like, and we're just going to chat. You know, we're going to go game by game. We haven't planned even who we're going to talk about. I'm just going to prompt the questions. So let's get straight into the first game. Hawks versus the Magpies. Who stood out to you, Keebs? Yeah, I was going to say, do you want me to say the standouts? So you, yes, you, 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 start with them. You asked a great question straight off the bat. Okay, so there's a few. Um, I'm, I'm not necessarily just going to go by fantasy relevance. I'll just smash it, smash out all the people who stood out and looked great in the okay, game. Okay, go for it. Because, you know, there might be names that pop up that weren't necessarily on people's radars, but they should be now, if you get what I'm saying. All right, so Adams looked amazing. We'll Draft t- Adams, as the as the traders call him. But you're keen on him for classic, aren't you? Yeah, I am. He, man, he is so cheap. He's priced at like 82. He looked awesome. He played mostly mid with a bit of forward. Um, mostly mid. Kicked a couple snags, but he looked phenomenal. Um, who else stood out? Cam McKenzie, amazing. He looked so good. The only concern with Cam McKenzie's game is the fact that Josh Ward did something similar in the preseason last year and then came out and just flopped straight out of the gate. Yeah, Ward's season was a bit... It's interesting to compare them because Ward as a whole had a good season, but the start start of the year was really (laughs) slow and that's kind of the bit that we we were relying on him the most. He was on our grounds. Yeah. Um, Will Day stood out. He played a significant midfield split. His tog wasn't massive either. So you look at the 73 and it doesn't look like a, a great score, but he played played pretty low tog, had that mid split. I think he's going to be a good pick this so year. So right off the bat, why? what's with the low tog? Like, do you think that's just managed minutes? Yeah, I think a lot of players did that sort of, sort of over the course of the preseason just because I think they were naming up 26-man squads. So someone like Will Day, who's you know still like a relatively young player, during the season, his tog's going to be fine, but I think they're probably just wanting to 
manage him through the last preseason hit up. But he looked awesome. Titch is a bit of an interesting one. Um, he looked good past the eye test, but his score didn't quite reflect it. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's hard with Titch. You don't really know if it's going to be the old case of like, don't put too much stock into the preseason. He's going to be fine. Or if it's like, oh, he only scored 91, that's bad. Because he's at a new team. He played midfield. It's like, you know, what What really do you want to see? Well, he, yeah, he had quite a lot of CBAs. He had a few marks and a few tackles. So it's like, it's sort of promising signs, actually. Yeah. You, you could almost backflip from from what we felt last week. And even with Pendle's comments, right, the first half of it was really yeah, negative yeah. where he was like, oh, you're not going to see that 30 plus possession Tom Mitchell anymore. But then he flagged at the end of that comment that is like, oh, we recruited him to be like a contested beast and win us the footy and tackle lots. And it's like, oh, that kind of is good for fantasy. Yeah. And then Tom Mitchell, just being Tom Mitchell, he's going to spread for the plus sixes anyway. Whether or not they actually kick it to him <laughs> is what remains to be seen. But do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, he yeah. has the midfield time and he's good when he's there. So... Maybe he is like a 105 guy, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. It could be a risk as well. That's the way I see it. Yeah, it's still probably too much of a risk for me, but he looked good if, if that's, you know, if, if that's yeah. what you're wanting to see. We're not, as, we're not as cold on him as, you know, we Last were week, a week yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Green, Fergus Green from the Hawks. He looked really good as a rookie. Kicked, kicked three, right? Yeah, yeah. Kicked three snags. Um, I think he's locked to play around one now based on that. The other big- Would you, you wouldn't field him, but- no, nah, no, definitely not. He's he's not a not a player to field. Just someone that you'd stash on your forward bench and be pretty comfortable with. The other massive standout from that game to me was Newcomb. I think he's gonna he's primed to take another step this year. He looked fantastic, and you know he was spreading for marks. Like he had a lot of inside ball. Um, he only had three tackles too, which is definitely going to go up during the season. So I think he played a really good game. Something that's interesting about Newcomb actually is that when he first came into the competition you remember his debut right yeah he broke yeah. the tackle record yeah. i think he had 14 yeah and we we're all like this guy is gonna be a massive tackler but if you look through his previous season yeah not not massive yeah which is kind of weird because just in my head i always just assumed he was a massive tackle guy but the numbers don't really reflect what what i thought was in my head no nah, right? not so much over the last year but i think they're gonna creep back up this year it's the kind of numbers it, it you can look at it two ways. You can Upside. kind of, yeah, you can be like, well, there's room for growth there. We know he can tackle well. Um, and of course, he's getting more and more responsibility. It's basically only his second preseason in the system as well, right? Because he was drafted yeah, mid-season. Draft. Yeah, yep. mid-season um, in 2021. So this is his second full preseason with the club. Yeah. There are some good signs for Newcomb. Uh, for not sure. for me, but. Maybe. Man, I, I really like it as a classic pick. You love a risk, Keebs. I do, I do. I do. Even though one of our rules is to mitigate risk. I don't, I, <laughs> I, I don't mind a bit of a cheeky. Well, that's why the rule point. exists for, for you. It's just for you, actually. We wrote it just for you. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> nah, Newcomb, I think, is going to be a great starting pick. I definitely wouldn't persuade anyone against him. There's two more things that I'm keen to touch, out, touch on out of this game. One is warps. I think Warps yes. <laughs> is an absolute lock from what I saw. There's been a lot of talk on Twitter about not only this preseason game, but also the practice game that happened two weeks ago, saying that his disposal is bad. You can't pick him because he can't use the footy. 
Fantasy is not about disposal efficiency. As long as Warps is playing and he's in that midfield, he racked up 30 disposals. Oh, well, I think the discussion was that maybe his job security was shaky and that's what scared people off. All the language that's come out of the Hawks, though, has just pumped him up saying that they want him to be a main main staple of that midfield. Yeah. He's getting all the opportunities. He dropped an 85, which isn't like massive, but he had 30 disposals and he sat a lot towards the end of the game. He could be huge this year. His talk was 67%. 67% for an 85, 30 disposals. He's going 90 plus this year. And I'm, I'm really bullish. Yeah, we've been keen on him all preseason, even kind of when the discussion has sort of been negative around him. We've both had him in our teams this whole time. Yeah. I, because I think we've both sort of been under the impression that he was injured last year. Like, that's the only way I can explain, you yeah, know, that, the, numbers the, so the drop poor. off that he that he had. But we know what he can do. He did 97 back to back. So, he's, it's he's not like- Best and fairest winner. Like, he's, you don't just turn into a bad footballer from nowhere. Yeah. Um, and he's still in an age range where he should still be playing great footy. So, yeah, I mean, I I love it. I love the pick. Yeah, yeah. The only other thing that I'm really keen uh, – sorry, there's, there's kind of two things at once, which is <clears throat> the Hawks are going to tag every single week with Finn McGuinness. Nick Dacos got tagged, dropped a bad score. I don't think you can really read anything into that because it's the preseason. Just he's probably susceptible to tags. Well, yeah, can we talk about him? Because he was in both of our teams before this game. And he's yeah. come out of both of our teams. So I guess there is discussion to have around this. Yeah. So, you know, we always say don't put too, too much stock into preseason. And I don't think we're necessarily doing that. It's kind of just flagged something that is going to happen during the season, which is when he gets tagged, he's probably just going to get shut out of games. Being yeah. so young, that's, that's part of it. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that was my, the thing I feared most about him from the start of this preseason is that he's kind of their main tag target. And the fact that he got tagged in a preseason game and he handled it so poorly is kind of like, yeah. Uh, even though he doesn't come up against the Hawks until like round 21 <laughs> or something, it's it's kind of like- Concerning. Yeah, that teams want to shut him down, you know, so badly. Yeah, Finn, Finn McGuinness is get, definitely going to run with people during the season as well. So whenever you've got primos that come up <clears> against the Hawks- you, you want to just take a, I guess, a, a double take and try and work out if they're going to be the one getting tagged because he's a great tagger. Yeah, he's really good at it. Based yeah. on, you know, last year's form as well. They rate him there because I think he he ranked pretty highly in their best and fairest last year as well. Wow, I didn't yeah, know that. I he, think so. He yeah. blanketed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, That's basically all the things that really stood out out of the Hawks-Collingwood game. Um, You know... Most of the primos played their roles well. Like, Sicily was awesome, just doing what he does off halfback. Um, I don't think there's any reason to suspect that he'll be any better or worse than he was last year. Yeah. Um, Josh Ward was was fine. Didn't put up a massive score, but, you know, did did enough to, for you to pick him if you're keen on him. Yeah. Yeah. All um, right. Should we move on to the next game? We should. Okay. So, our next game here is Fremantle versus Port Adelaide. I luckily got to watch maybe a quarter and a half of this. Um, Keebs, you watched all of it, obviously. So who stood out? Talk me through it. <laughs> the main player that stood out to me, which is a bit of a funny one, is Will Brody. He's, he, he scored the highest, but, mate, he looked amazing. His tog was pretty high as well for Will Brody. I think I, I'm not going to push anyone <laughs> to do it in classic because 
it's probably not a smart idea, but I reckon he could go to another level this year and be a great pick. Um, he's Sean, a gun, mate. Yeah, yeah, I love him. I love him forever. Well, I saw a stat year. that so his his tog in this game seventy six percent. Yeah, it's like he only went over that number once last year or something. Wow, how crazy yeah. is that? That yeah, that's pretty hectic. But he played solid tog and he looked awesome. Yeah, but seventy six is. Still not massive, but it's it's a trend upwards from last year. Yeah, it, it certainly is. Yeah, Sean Darcy gave Scott Lysette an absolute bath. He just, <laughs> as you'd expect, yeah, just prove to everyone that you cannot start Lysette in your teams. You just can't do it. Don't touch it. He will drop horrific scores on you. Um, again, most of the primos in this game look solid. Caleb Sarong was a massive standout. Um, I think he's going to go to the next level this year. He's fairly cheap for for what he could do. He's always shown glimpses too. So, um, but he just plays hard. That's something that you can always always count on. Rosie stood out. He looked awesome. He played ninety two percent tog as well, which is massive. Crazy, and he had eighty percent CBAs. Yeah, yes, yeah, huge. We've t- we've talked a lot about Rosie the last probably the last few weeks, really. Yeah, we've, um, we've mentioned him on the pod a few times, but. We have. We, we've got some stuff to come as well on Rosie. Oh, it's doing my head in, but we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. We'll come back. We'll circle back to Rosie. But he was he was great. I watched a little bit of it, and um, he was dominating. Played yeah. majority midfield, high time on ground. It's what you'd want to see. Uh, Jom, Jagger O'Meara, is someone that I've actually kind of been keen on in classic. He just ticked all the boxes. He scored 90, kicked a snag. He, I think, was the highest CBA getter for Freo. Um, he just played... A massive role in the midfield, and I think he's going to be solid there. He's priced, I think, around 81. I see him going low 90s this year, which is significant upside. You'd be, again, you'd be brave to do it in classic, but I think he could be awesome this year. Butters was bad. Don't start with Butters. <laughs> Surely you could. Like, all right, nah. You I can't. think that's reactionary. Look, it is reactionary because it it's a preseason game, but part of it is based on how he played, how he looked, his history of being injury-prone within games and inconsistent, having an inconsistent role, and also the fact that there's probably seven or eight forwards that you could project averaging more than him and being better value. So I just think that he's a no for me in classic. The big flag is that he only had six CBAs. Yeah. He's less than Lockie Jones. That's not enough. It's good. Oh, you, yeah. It's not what you want to see. No, it's not. It's definitely no. not. Um, Sturt looked amazing for Freo. Uh, um, he looked amazing for a basement rookie, but he kicked two snags. He actually played a bit of wing time where he was named, so that's interesting. Um, what did he score? 56. 50, yeah, 56. There you go. Um, so not a massive score, but he looked really good, and he played wing time. I think he's locked in Freo's side for round one now. We, we posted about this on our Twitter, but – Hayden Young, throughout the whole preseason, all the footage we've seen, both the games, has looked crap. Yeah. I mean, it's it's funny because you there's all this talk every preseason. You go, okay, don't react too much. You know, back in your, back in your research, don't overreact to anything. But he just showed nothing. Like you just I – w- I would have been willing to start with him if he had showed something. Yeah, but exactly, mate. Yeah, he, he, so he dropped a fifty-five. 
At 55, which is pretty bad. And he played 79% Tog. But the concern in that was that he just wasn't anywhere for like switches or intercepts or like just – he just played a poor game. He took four kickouts, kick-ins, kick-outs, um, you know, which I guess is kind of a good sign. But there was no Luke Ryan. So you don't know whether that state it's – not, it's not a reliable stat anyway. Yeah. I just – man, I just don't think you can pick someone that's showed – so little and isn't a primo yet. Yeah, well, he's kind of at that price range where he's only a good pick if he if he pushes like that top six sort of figure, like high nineties. Yeah, like where you, you, yeah, and you're kind of banking on a lot. It, it's actually pretty hard to average that much. Yeah, you want to pick him based on a breakout, and you can't pick him off the back of what he's done because yeah. there's no signs to contribute to. Yeah, to that. Um. There's not really much else to touch on from this game. Ollie Wines was was pretty solid. He's underpriced. That's someone that you consider in classic, but the midfield is so deep, it's kind of hard to squeeze him in. Yeah, that's that's about it for me on that game. Okay, let's move on to the next one, and we have Brisbane versus Geelong. Now, a couple of relevant plays to talk about here. Do you want to kick us off? Who stood out? Will Ashcroft. He's, <laughs> he's a, a freak, man. He's going to be so good at footy. Um, he looked awesome every time he got it. Every time he got near it, just he's ready to have an impact straight away. I think he's going to play big mid minutes and do similar things to what sort of Dacos, Walsh, Raul have done in their first years. Yeah, and we're not saying anything groundbreaking here. I think yeah. every coach that's watched him play is like, yeah, great, yeah. he's awesome. Yeah, it's no one disagrees. <laughs> yeah, everyone, everyone knows the kid's going to be a beast. Dunks was awesome for his new team. Yeah, it's funny you like. In these preseason games, something I've always noticed is that the players that have kind of always had their role locked down and are primo players, they just chill. But the ones who kind of just have like, it's almost like a pride thing, especially when they move to a new club, are kind of like, you know, a player like Dunks doesn't have to try in a preseason game, but it's like, oh, you know, I want to I want to show that I can do something with my new club. Yeah, he's... Like he's- Taranto did the same thing. We'll get to that later, but yeah. it's like... I think the new club effect is a real thing that we need to talk about. It's like these players want to impress when they move to a new club. Except Titch. <laughs> well. Nah, Titch t- 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 was solid. Titch was solid. Titch <laughs> t- tried, I reckon, like for a preseason game, dropped a 90. If, no, that, if that's Titch trying, then, well, then no, you but, should be concerned. No, but like he could also just do nothing. You know? Yeah, yeah. He doesn't, I don't, I don't even he mean, doesn't he have to just, care at all, really. He could just chill, yeah. Yeah. Dunks, but Dunks he, was fantastic. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Anyway, that was just my two cents about <laughs> players moving clubs. It's a, I think there's a genuine effect that you see, especially yeah. when it's a primo player. They're like, I want to do something. Yeah, a lot of them tend to try harder. In, Unless your in name pre-season. is Jacob Hopper. But. Yeah, Hopper's just bad. We'll, we'll get to that. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dunks, Dunks is great. Neil was solid. How, how did, did how did McCluggage look? Yeah, good, good. Because um, I've I've always I tipped his breakout last year. Yeah, you did. I, you, you remember did, me messaging you, right? Yeah. I was like, McCluggage, he's the man. He's getting CBAs. You're he's going to be jump good. on. And you're like, no, he doesn't tackle, man. He's not going to hold the role. And look who was right. It was it was definitely just about holding the role. I thought he'd play more wing than he did. But McCluggage is, is a solid player. He, he ticked all the boxes if you're keen on him. Tanner Bruin looked phenomenal in the first half. I was like, this guy's going to average 90. Just getting a bit pie in the sky, head in the clouds. <laughs> um, and then he ca- sort of came back to earth in the second half and 
chugged along to a 74, which I think we were both considering him around that 470K mark. He could be good. I'm still keen on him. Nah. You're not a Bruin man. Nah. We talked about this last week. Mate, last year, his scores were so bad. So bad. I think he wanted a patch of like 10 games where his high score was less than 50. Yuck. Like- but it, it's a different club. It's yeah, it's, it's a different club. It's a whole preseason. Yeah, it's not enough. It, there's not enough data, not enough signs of a breakout there to to assume that he can go from being like a 50 guy, sub I think sub 50 guy all the way up to averaging like 80, which is what he would need to do to justify paying that much for him. I can't do it. Well, his price at 40 uh sorry, 53. 53 there. You what go. what does he have to do? To be a good pick. 80 at least. 80? Yeah. To be a good pick. You think about the other guys around that price. You've got Sam Flanders, who I'm very keen on. Tom Powell. Both of those guys are going to average more than Bruin, in my opinion. Pretty comfortably. Interesting. In the midfield, you've got Warps. You've got Callahan, who's less. I just don't think you can pay up for for someone like Tanner Bruin. He just doesn't have any runs on the board. And his best – this is – that game was probably the second best game he's ever played, and he scored seventy four. <laughs> like, you just you can't you can't do it. Well, he was good last week as well. So yeah, he even was. though we don't have stats for it, he like, was just just based on the eye test. I think there's there's room for. I reckon there's potentially twenty plus points upside. Yeah, but he could do 20, 20, 75. That's not enough. You don't think that's enough? No, nah, not at the price. Not at the price. Well, we've had discussions around Jaden Hunt, who I know is a defender. And is 379k. And we've talked about him doing like 70, 75. And yeah. I don't even have him in my team now because I don't think that's enough for me to Interesting. be too keen. But yeah, uh, you just can't. You can't do it. Do not pick Tanabru. All right. Uh, Wilmot was an interesting one. He's probably the only other relevant player in the game in terms of fantasy classic this year. But he. Looked okay. He got to a 43, which is not really good. But I know Brisbane likes his speed. He's nice and dynamic. He played a lot of time on the wing. Um, I think they'll go with him in round one, and you should pick him in your team if they- On the bench though, right? Yeah, definitely on the bench. Do not start with him on your field. On the bench, I think he's a solid option. I think he'll be fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping he gets a game round one as well. We all hope, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's looking dicey in defense at the moment. Yeah. Um, Anyone else? Asava Radaglia is the other one that I want to touch on. He looked fine. Um, I think you didn't <laughs> score fine. No, he didn't. He dropped like a thirty-four. Um, I w- okay, so we've we've talked about it in the past. The discussion about um, the rat at R three. Can we do it? Is he going to make enough money for it to be worth? Because what? What's he priced at? Like three thirty. <sighs> yeah. So you're paying an extra hundred and thirty k off basement price. So I think for someone to make what? How much? Hundred and something k. Yeah. He's you know, with rat. You're not really paying for cash gen. You're more paying for just having a solid guy there at R three who's going to play every week and like could be there for cover. Um, I okay. Think- so let me let me let me put a scenario to you. Right. Say one of your two ruckmen on field are out. Say Marshall misses a week and you, you go, okay, I could field rat this week. What do you would you do it? Would you even feel comfortable doing it? Or are you just gonna trade one of your No, you wouldn't want to. 
But oftentimes players are late out or let out after your trades have locked. And even though we have the reverse trades in this year, there still will be scenarios where you can't reverse your trades. Mm-hmm. So I th- still think it's important to have a body back there just to have some cover. But 130K is pretty dear though. Yeah. There's so much you could do with 130K. The other name that's been floating around is McAndrew, but man, he averaged like 30 in the VFL. <laughs> Less, right? Yeah, that's bad, bad, bad. Uh, yeah, it's R3 is a hard spot this year. I'm a big... Yeah, words. <laughs> I'm, keen, <laughs> I'm keen to start with Madden at R3 this year to have the loop, but I would like to have a utility. Yeah. Who I can use this cover? Yeah, it's we'll we'll keep having this discussion all the way to round one probably. Um, a loop is so handy. I mean, I it goes against our rule of having thirty green dots in round one, but that was that rule kind of is before the days of rolling lockout. And if you can take big VC scores right from round one every week, it can make a big difference. You know, you can be making. 20 plus points on the competition every week if you're if you're you know getting good captaincy scores yeah for sure Demp- dempsey is the other one from geelong that stood out he looked pretty pretty solid forward um he's nice and cheap and i i don't think he's got great js but he's someone that you could look at if he gets named up round one or early in the year cool all right so let's move on to the next game that's all of thursday's games and then friday morning I guess it was morning for us in Perth, but uh, on Friday, the first game was St. Kilda versus Essendon. What did you see, Keeps? The Essendon defenders scored well. They like, did, didn't they? Ridley and McGrath. Um, Let's start with Ridley. Yeah, okay. So he looks like he's been freed up pretty significantly and was playing as a loose man right at the back of contests coming up, impacting, taking intercept marks, even like getting in amongst the stoppages that were in the D50. Um, I think we could see him go back to his best this year. It's a big thing to say, but yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, isn't it? Because from my eye, so I watched this game as well. He was, he yeah, he was the loose defender and trying, you know, playing that intercept type role. And then when... Essendon had the ball. He pushed back in as the deepest defender and was kind of used in all the switches, um, was taking a couple of kick-ins as well. He looked phenomenal. He was moving well. But again, Ridley, <laughs> he's been a trap in the past. He has. Um, and even, even last year, he had a horrible year fantasy-wise. He still dropped a couple of tons. So a 107 in a preseason game... It's not like such a standout to me that, you know, I'm like, oh, this guy's totally going to change his whole career from this point. Okay, so let me just hit you with a stat. From the start of 2019 all the way through to round five, 2021, Ridley averaged 87.5. Solid. Yeah. So, you know, he did miss a lot of games in that time through injury, but that's basically two two-plus seasons of scoring to say that this guy could average close to 90 and he's priced at like 67. 76. Oh, sorry, 76, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as soon as I said it, I knew. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, he, he could have 15 points upside, which 
in that defense line where there's just so many question marks, that could be very valuable. Um, For me, though, you just <laughs> – this is my – this is the part of me that is scared of taking the risk is like it's Jordan Ridley. and But you say that like it's a bad thing, but this guy is one of best and fairest. He's been close to AA playing as an intercept player. He's had stretches putting up very massive numbers where he's you know put up solid tons and then has – a two-and-a-half-year stretch where he did miss a lot of games but still averaged 88. That's huge, mate. That's solid data. And he's only 24 still. Yeah, but also a lot of a lot of those games were during the COVID year, which is you put an asterisk around that. Yeah, an asterisk, but he was still awesome and, you know, was looking like one of the best defenders in the comp at that stage. I don't think it's too far of a stretch to say that he could, you know, re-break out and be a solid fantasy pick. He could be. I For me, he's one of those guys that maybe you could jump into. Yeah, you could You could wait and see him. I just, like, to me, I could never forgive myself if I picked <laughs> Jordan Ridley at, like, D2 or D3 and he dropped a 60 on me in round one. I'd be like, of course. Yeah. Why did I do that? That's just the most preseason. You'd be flat. You just, I can, see, I can see it happening so clearly. But that's just me. <laughs> it, he did, he did look phenomenal. I, I like, I got to give him that. But yeah, okay. it's not for me. So the other player, Andy McGrath, who who dropped a solid score, I'm keen on him as well. It's because they've been talked about as having this new sort of chip mark, high possession game style, where halfbacks would thrive. McGrath moved back to halfback, where he already has some experience. And he has also like solid stretches where he's put up solid fantasy numbers. So this is another another sort of cherry pick stat for you if you <laughs> if you fancy. Between the start of 2020 and round 12, 2021, Andy McGrath averaged 98.5. If you take out one injured 25 game. Which we can do. Yeah. An injured 25. Like his tog was like 30, like super, super low. How, what was the stretch from the start of 2020 to round 12, 2021? So that's a season and a half. Yeah. And again, it's partly throughout the COVID year, but you've got to remember this guy's a number one draft pick. He's an absolute stud when he's rolling. I could see him being a 90 plus, even potentially more than that defender at the, at the Bombers. Yeah. I don't mind it because. I mean, he's got elite junior numbers. What was he a midfielder as a junior? He kind of played both, right? Yeah, he was drafted as a midfielder. The thing about um, Andy McGrath's career is that it's always been a bit of identity crisis, where it's like he was a good halfback for like what the first two seasons of his career. Yeah. He made like a solid start in the midfield, and then has kind of been back and forth between those positions. Like last yeah. year, he got met, what, like 30% CBA, something like oh, that. Yeah, not a lot. Maybe less. I can check that if you want. I would love you to. All right, one second. Uh, all right. All right. So <laughs> no, no, okay. Last year, his CBAs were at 24%, so less than 30%. Yeah. But the whole, the whole point that I'm trying to make is that he's always had this identity crisis of like multiple roles. And I think with this new coach, it might be like, all right, Andy, we want you to just be the best running halfback that you can be, you know? Yeah. And contribute to the team in that way. You know, we don't, we have, they have midfielders, they recruited midfield depth 
with set a field and it's like, all right, Andy, now's your time to show us why you're a number one pick. Go do your thing that you showed so much promise. I mean, everyone was buying Andy McGrath stock after his first season, right? Yeah, for sure. He was a number one pick and like everyone was like, yeah, he's kind of lived up to the hype. He was a good player. And then he's sort of just been flat since then. Yeah, I think he could he could pop and be very solid. But yeah, I yeah, the signs are like go do your thing in this position, and that's what I really like about him this season. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Setterfield, he was solid. I didn't really notice him a lot. I think he's one of those Same. one of those players that just flies under the radar. But he's so normal looking. He put up a ninety one, and man, if he does that during the season, and he he can average that. Which, you know, we're just basing this off a practice game. So I'm not claiming that he's going to. But if he can, he would be a fantastic pick. The CBAs are there. He could be solid. It's just. What can he average? (sighs) Yeah. Give me a number. I don't know. I can't. I I just. It's hard to predict, isn't it? Because he's never had consistent CBAs. Yeah. You could say anywhere between 80 and 95. But. I don't, I don't really see him as too much of a classic option. Again, I wouldn't tell people not to pick him because he looked good. He seems to have the role, but there's just, just such an unknown. Ron Marshall was awesome. That's just a massive tick. Walk that away. Yeah. Brad Crouch stood out a lot and okay. looked quick, yeah. <laughs> which is big for Brad Crouch. No, nah, Brad Crouch is quick, mate. I owned him in 2021, and he was frustrating to say the least, but- I think everyone's sleeping on him to be a top eight midfielder this year. He's he's underrated. I, he's going to do 110 plus. You heard it here first. I mean, I don't even think that's a hot take because it's only, what, four points higher than what he averaged last year. But he's just got bulk midfield time. He's the man, Brad Crouch. Yeah, st- st- still had a quiet game, but it's Jack Steele, you know. You don't try in preseason. It's Jack Steele. Okay, yeah. I have an actual anecdote from watching this game about Jack Steele. So, yep. it was a center bounce. Merritt had the ball. And I just, like, Steele just hardly chased him. Like, he was, he, like, pretended to go tackle him. And I, that was the immediate moment. I was like, yeah, Jack Steele isn't trying. <laughs> it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you're big on Jack Steele, he's going to be awesome. It's Jack Steele. Like, just don't be worried. Don't be worried about him at all. The one thing um, about these kind of massive contested players and high tackle guys is that just at the start of every season, it seems that every coach wants to play fast. Every coach wants to move it fast. You see in the preseason games, like these outside players always have massive games and the contested bulls are just like, yeah, cool. Like we'll just let it fly over our head, go around us. They're not trying too hard. Um, and you kind of see in season as well, they, they tend to have like, lower tackle numbers as it starts and then it really like they start rolling with the tackles as they go on that's just that's my take um yeah fair enough there's one pretty solid flag that i saw in the game that i was keen to bring up on the pod yeah Zaya wanganin malera took most of the saints kickouts and looked phenomenal in the back line jack sinclair i think is going to lose some kick-ins this year and his scoring could drop a little bit as a as a result of that. He looked pretty average in the preseason game, but his talk was ninety percent sink. Yeah, sink, sink. Um, if he loses some kick-ins and there's someone else back there racking up with him, I think he he could take like a significant hit this year. Okay. Anything else? Uh Bytel. I really liked Bytel's yes. game. Yes. Yeah. He had a lot of hugs, which is what we like to see. Um, after Windhager went down as well. Wait, I th- he was going to get CBAs either way, but it seemed like he played a bit more inside. 
I think he's in Ross Lyon's round one plans. And if he is at 305K, that's a massive tick. He tackles, he racks up. He's got solid VFL numbers. Love it. Absolutely he was looking explosive out of the contest as well. I saw a couple of nice clearances. Um, he was yeah. tackling hard. Um, a couple of them, I think he gave away a couple of free kicks with some hard tackles that I think were like 50-50 <laughs> calls yeah, as it yeah, is. Yeah. So, I mean, you could have that score could have easily been like around the 80 mark. Um, you know, those kinds of things are some things that are worth noting. Yeah. Uh, Parrish was horrible, but we'll, we'll discuss that a bit more later. But I think that's possibly just an off day and just he probably wasn't trying a lot. We can. I'm not, I wouldn't be concerned. Yeah. I think that I saw a picture of him with ice on his calf after the game as well. I just, maybe like a little corky or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, th- I think he'll be, he'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Menzi was solid. He didn't actually touch a lot of the ball. He only scored 53, but he had six tackles. He was competing. I think that's what the Dons want from him. I'm pretty sure he's he's going to have solid JS. Uh, Philippou was good as well, but only scored 47. That's a bit of a concern. I don't think he's someone that you want to field, but he looked great. You could. Would you pay up for him on your bench? Yes, because I think the bench rookies are thin this year. Yeah. Um, the other one, really the only other player that I'm too keen to touch on out of this game is... Alwyn Davey Jr., he looked awesome. He looked great, hey? Yeah, he started on fire. I think he scored like 24 in the first quarter. Um, He slowed down in the end, but he's going to be a solid bench option as well. And based on the way he played and sort of the language coming out of Essendon, I think he's going to be a part of that round one team. Mm -hmm. All right, there's next game, Sydney Carlton. There's only one player that we can talk about, the standout of the game, and it was Ed Kerno's return. (laughs) <laughs> you got me with that no okay it was Errol Goulden quite clearly absolutely dominated it, oh I don't even know how to explain what I saw neither really it was just it, it, like he had three goals 45 disposals you'd be hard pressed to find a time that a player has ever done that in an AFL game I know it's I know it's preseason but holy smokes mate he was phenomenal if he plays midfield in the season, he's going to do some naughty things. He's in my team. You've got to do it. You have to do it. You can't not off the back of that. Yeah. We were, yeah, we were both like hot, pretty hot on him before. And then Mills was named out. And we're both like, I don't know about it. And then he does that. And I think not only has he cemented himself in our teams, but I think he's like got himself a significant mid-roll round one after that. Yeah. And he couldn't like, how could you not give him midfield time after that? Even if he only gets a sprinkling of CBAs, the way that he ended last year is enough to to indicate that he's going to have significant upside anyway. So, yeah, I'm keen on that. Doc was awesome too. It's Doc. What do you expect? He's going to be the number one defender. Um, He was awesome. George Hewitt was a standout. He, I think, could be in a similar boat to Will Brody that he could take another step and be a legit primo now. Yeah, they're both genuine primos. Hey, it's 13 tackles. That's yeah. that's a lot of tackles. He's probably the only player that actually tackled in the, in the whole <laughs> preseason. Um, what else? Chincotta was really good in the second half, um, but he started slowly, mate. Yeah, it was concerning. Very slowly. He was on what, like fourteen at halftime, something like that. Yeah, and then just skyrocketed. Yeah. Um, what else did you see from this game, mate? I know this is one that you watched a lot of. 
there's not too much else to report, really. Not not too many relevant players that I was really looking at. I was kind of keen to watch Lloyd. He was bad. He was very bad. I was hoping maybe he could put his hand up for that D1 position for us. Yeah, it's a bit disappointing, to be honest. Um, we, we've both pumped him up this preseason. but We have, and I'm concerned that I own him in keeper as well. <laughs> He'll be fine. He'll be fine, but that was it wasn't it wasn't pretty. Yeah. Row bottom also nah. didn't nah. Yeah. yeah. You just I don't know if you could pick him off the back of that, especially with all this golden talk. No way. Someone has to come out of that midfield when Mills comes back and it's not gonna be Golden. Or it'll be a little bit of everyone, maybe. But Yeah. Well, because Golden had something like eighty percent CBAs or something. Yeah, I don't know it what was the, the most. Was, but it was the most. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's it's exciting times. Sorry, no, second most. Parker was the most, but Robottom could definitely be the one to come out though. He's the le- the least dynamic, probably the least impactful out of what Parker, yeah. Golden, Warner, yeah. Mills, and himself. Hollands was someone that I really liked the game of. Yep, he he was a massive standout. He runs so hard. Mm-hmm. He's going to be in the round one team. He's on my bench. I think you have to pick him. You you think he's definitely round one? Yeah. Absolutely. If he is, he'll be in my team. He was awesome. And again, just run so hard. Cowan is a little bit disappointing. Um, the signs on Carlton's Twitter, like they gave him a bit of a pump up after the game. And he was yeah, they fine. said like new cult hero or yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. He went hard. He ta- like tried to tackle hard. And um, I think he was fine, but I don't know if he's going to play round one. He's, he's probably not someone that you'd be keen, keen to start with. And it's looking like those defender rookies are pretty thin. So that's concerning. Other than that, I can't. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone else to talk about really. McAndrew is the only other relevant name. Um, <laughs> relevant, you say? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's funny because you look at his VFL numbers and it, it's absolutely disgusting. But in this game, he scored 33. He only played 38 percent Todd. So that's that, all right. That's like a massive leap. I, I don't think he's just randomly going to turn into a solid footy player, but. Yeah, man, I don't know what I'm doing with R3. It's such a hard... If he gets a game round one, you'd pick him. He's He's got the DPP too. So a strat could be to start with McAndrew and Madden, who's definitely not going to play. Both have ruck forward DPP. And then sort of swing around with your R3 and you. Well, part of the reason I think that is actually a decent strat is because there's such a lack of bench options with rookies. So if you can start with someone who could get games, I'd... I'm not saying in any way that I think he's going to play around one. He just could. If he does get named, it's a strat to start with uh, a loophole each week and an R3 who's going to at least be cover for you. But mm-hmm. yuck. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next game. So we have Eagles versus Adelaide Crows. What did you see? Rob is the man. <laughs> just circling back to our, our uh, bone to pick from before. Just don't. Don't go against a big man. He does what he does. I love him. Dawson was solid. Yo was good. There was good signs from Yo. He looked a bit shaky at the start, but he definitely worked his way into it. Same as Sheed. At halftime, I was thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. Just as a a West Coast fan who's (laughs) deeply concerned about our midfield going forward, but also as a fantasy coach who was keen on Sheed's prospects, he was looking slow and uh, bad, but he turned it around in the second half. He had a solid score. He's probably going to be fine. Do like 85 I think 90. he'll be fine too. He did. Yeah. The slow thing 
is a slight concern because Eagles used to be a slow playing team. Yeah, you know we're I mean? trying to move fast now. We don't really have the personnel. <laughs> oh. um, just a player you forgot to talk about, just the number one man in all of fantasy. Led. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna swing back, but yeah. You don't you don't want to talk about him. No, no. Up to one thirty eight, mate. What is there to say? He's the man. He's, oh, he's up, the man. Put up a great score. He's he's probably going to be the number one mid this year. Yeah, but I don't think you can pay that much for him. Okay, I just thought I'd say it because I thought you forgot to say it. How, how could you forget? <laughs> how could you forget? Um, it, yeah, you know what? We've talked all season about don't start with him. Persuading, trying to persuade people not to. I think if you want to, you can. He looks like he's going to be the number one mid this year, but. I'm not doing it. You're not doing it. I definitely wouldn't tell people to do it. It's just, if that's what you want to do, then he's ticked all the boxes. I'm struggling to piece my team together as it is with <laughs> like a cheaper option at M1. I, there's no way I can fork out the cash for Laird. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it does, like, it has happened before with a player being the number one player going back to back with Titch a couple of years ago. So, again, there's no... All the signs are pointing to him not regressing and yeah. still being a 120-plus player, which is awesome as just an easy walk-up captain. Um, but again, he's so expensive, so you can go either way on it. Yeah, for sure. Um, my boy, my my lover, my lover man, the man that I love, <laughs> my bud merchant, Sam Berry. Ticked all the boxes. He only scored 79, but he had two tackles, two tackles. He averaged... 9.5 last year. He is going to average 100 plus. That's a Caves guarantee. It's so funny. It's like one of the only times it's a good sign that a player isn't tackling. Yeah. When a, <laughs> it's like, yes, he's got upside. Yeah. Man, I, he's going to be awesome this year. Jinbi from West Coast was good. <laughs> <laughs> Almost dropped another F-bomb on the pod, but man, he was so good. He looked... The way that he moves and plays just reminded me so much of Clary and it makes me excited in the downstairs place. <laughs> to, be, to be a West Coast fan and a fantasy coach, it looks like he's going to be a solid D7, D8, maybe even D6 if you want to play him on your field. Hunt, let's talk about this. Uh, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know how I feel about it, to be honest. I haven't decided. It's hard to, it's hard to like gauge what to even make of that game you know yeah the score not so good nine marks like is that a positive sign or is it bad that he had nine marks and still only scored 61, 61. yeah i man i can't tell i guess it goes both ways like the signs it's good that he had marks it's good that they looked for him with the ball 61 he nothing. looked yeah he looked good let's just say that looking, did you already say that yeah yeah oh sorry L looking good for a 61 is concerning though um i kind of thought he, he he could be on on the hook for some kick out kick-ins as well but he didn't take any which is also something i'm a little bit concerned about but i think in defense where there's a lack of rookies paying 379k for someone who could average i initially thought 70 75 but Adjusting that, maybe 65, 70. You probably still could pay for it in such a thin line, but I don't know if I'm going to. The thing is, he had zero tackles, which in a preseason game isn't that abnormal. Yeah, he's, he's probably... A and 
he if he lays two tackles, that score is basically a seventy, and we wouldn't even think twice. You'd about be happy, it. yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you could you sort of have to read between the lines a little bit with his stat lines. Yeah, yeah. Um, Oscar Allen is someone that I was keen on earlier in the preseason as having significant upside. I still think he does because he's only priced around three fifty k, but he's not someone that I'm I'm going to start with and have on my field and cop you know forty eights from. Even though I <laughs> yeah. think I think he's at least sixty plus, closer to seventy. But yeah, the key the key position key forward is just not not something I want to go through this year. Pedler was fine. He scored enough. Um, he actually looked better than he did last week, so that's a plus. Chesser, I don't think he's going to play round one. It's a concern. He didn't look great, did he? Nah, he had such a friendly role too, but he just didn't do anything really. Um, you know, he's a basement rookie, so I'm sure he'll come into the team at some point and he looks like he's going to be an amazing player, but I don't think he's quite ready based on what I saw in the game. Andrew Gaff is crap. <laughs> it's funny because we had a chat probably a couple of days ago about maybe maybe Gaff presenting some value. We started heating up on him, but... There was an article um, from Simo... Um, well, Simo was quoted saying that Gaff like was so injured last year that he could barely run, and that you know he could he was gonna seriously injure himself or something like that. Um, and I was like, oh, it explains why he sucks and what well, why he sucked. And you look at his past seasons, and you go, well, last year is the the outlier. I mean, he was kind of down on his output the year before, but, but he's it's still, still a high. It was 90s, still high nineties, yeah. exactly. So it's like. Well, maybe maybe the injury explains why he was a low 80s guy last year and maybe he's a 95-plus guy again. Now, it wasn't a risk that I was willing to take, but I was like, great, as a West Coast fan, you know, it's like, <laughs> cool. Yeah. Gaff is hopefully going to be back to his best and he really didn't show it. Yeah, again, just to flag, you know, Gaff, he's, he's probably fine, but you're not picking him as a unique based off that. Um, yeah, again, you don't put too much stock into what premiums or good established players do in the preseason, but you can't pick someone off that. No. Um, just to flag as well, all those rookies, Pedler, Jinbi, Chesser, all played really low top. So um, they all, based on that, could have a bit more upside. Like Chesser, I still think is going to be a no for round one, but Pedler's tog was low and his score was solid for how much tog. He played 55%, scored a 42. So mm. it increased both of those. and um, That's a solid game. That's that's it for me with this game. Pretty much it. You don't want to talk about Matt Crouch. Didn't really feature in no, most he, of the game, right? He played fifteen percent tog. He scored twenty nine. Had nine disposals. It's so sad. It is. It's it's frustrating because this guy is an all Australian. Used to be a legit primo. Put up huge ceiling games. Go on massive tears. I think he still has that in him, but he needs to be in the starting midfield mix. Play solid tog and. I think as long as he stays at the Crows, he's not going to have that. Mm. Matt, Matty Nix is obviously cold on him. Yeah. All right. Next game we have GWS versus the Gold Coast Suns. Heaps of names to talk about here. Lead us. Mate, there's so much relevance in this game and so many questions. The Giants midfielders all looked awesome. They did. At first glance, Cogs is... Numbers look a little low, but he played really low tog, and he did cop a knock in the first half too. But Cogs was 
flying. The way that he was moving. He looked great, didn't he? Yeah, it's yeah. just such a massive tick. Josh Kelly looked awesome. If you can on Josh Kelly, all guns blazing. He is going to have a huge year. Um, Tom Green, same thing. Looked awesome. He didn't really take... Well, he didn't actually take any marks, and he only had a few tackles, but you'd expect both of those numbers to creep up at least slightly during the season. Yeah, it's weird because... <laughs> Before the game, the only thing I wanted to see from him was that he was spreading for plus sixes or that he, he just like, it. he didn't do it, but he looked so phenomenal. He's such a bull that it's like, you kind of have to decide how you interpret the stat line. It's like, well, he's not getting zero marks every game for the rest of the year. Yeah. So there's room for growth on that score. But also the fact that he, you know, he wasn't used in that way is like, also a slight concern on on the things that you were already concerned about from him yeah. and the things in the past that have stopped him from already breaking out. Um, so you kind of have to decide whether you think... Because he's going to take a couple of marks. He He's capable of a pack mark as well. He can take contested marks. Yeah. Um, he's a goal-kicking mid as well. Um, so there's, you know, it's a good score. He had bulk mid-time, heaps of disposals. He looked good. Um his tog was at 75%. That's probably about where it's going to be. I don't see it going above 80, probably high 70s. Yeah, kind yeah of just tog slightly higher. Every time I looked at him, he was just puffing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, he's just a hog. That's the way they do it. The big man. Yeah, but I don't know. For me, he's not in my team. Like He could go one of two ways. Like If he does take a couple more marks a game, he could be like that Paddy Cripps type. Um when Paddy Cripps first broke out, he was like a, what, 108 or something? 107? Around, like 105 plus. Yeah, solid 100. Otherwise, he's, you know, if he's only like just contested bull but doesn't get anything on the outside, he's kind of like what Ollie Wines used to be, which is just what, like a 90s guy for the first maybe like five or six years of his career. Yeah, he definitely has it in him. It's just, I guess the, the risk is low because he's so cheap, but... I don't, yeah, I don't know if he's going to... Maybe, where, where do you see him? High 90s? That's where I see him. I think low 100s. Low 100s. Like yeah. 101, 102. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't... I don't think he's going to have like a massive ceiling or anything like that, but he, he should be solid and consistent as long as he avoids the tags. Well, that's the other thing I wanted to mention. It's like if he's taking over as the kind of like their big ball winner, gets heaps of touches... Um, and kind of looks so good in the contest when he does it, I think they might look to sort of have like a big-bodied mid sort of limit his influence mm. in the contest a little bit. Um, so that's a, that's a slight flag on him as well. That sort of That's the reason why I see him as like a high 90s guy. But yeah, you could definitely still pick him because there's, there's meat on the bone. Enough upside, yeah. yeah. Um, Finn Callahan roamed on the wing all day, made it his own and looked awesome. He, he looks, looks really good. good, yeah. For his 88, um, kicked a couple of snags. And he kind of found himself in the right position a couple of times. But he's going to be awesome. He's like 400K. I think it's a massive tick. I know we've both got him in our teams. Um, he only played 66% tog too. Really? Yes. Yeah, so I that, did not know that. Yeah, so that, that number could be significantly higher, which is pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool, mate. Um. The main thing I noticed from this game 
is just because I'm an avid fan of this man. Was Sam Flanders looked like an absolute stud, <laughs> a straight up stud. He was everywhere, mate. He turned up, and I, oh, oh, I love him. He's gonna have a good year. I have a couple of questions. Yes, follow up questions. Yeah, absolutely. I know Go. you love Sam Flanders, so I'm gonna put him under the microscope. Put you under the microscope. Do it, please. I'm ready. What? First of all, what does he average? 85 85 okay that's that's quite a lot i reckon okay so with with the role that it looks like he's gonna have it's i, I think he does 80 minimum it's, okay yeah it's looking like he's gonna be half forward predominantly but push up to the stoppages he's not gonna get caught in no man's land waiting for the ball to come in as soon as the ball's bounced he's straight in there he's, he's in all the stoppages even if when they're in the d50 he's there um, I loved his role. And he played time on the wing as well. Also got CBAs, which could go when Toot comes back. Um, but Flanders should be in there over Swallow. Swallow's old, man. That's, Why is Swallow getting CBAs? That's the weird thing. Hey, it's just they've pumped up his preseason so much. Um, and then he didn't get... Yeah, Toot was out. So it's like, all right, great. Flanders is going to... And that was like... It was almost like a concern for me. It was like, oh, he might actually be a trap because... We're going to see him play bulk mid-time without Took, and then Took's going to come back and he's going to have a different role come round one. But the thing that's actually kind of interesting is that they didn't change his role. It's like, no, we, we have you as this high half forward. Yeah, just play. That, that pushes up into all the contests. A couple of CBAs, but didn't go in. And I think play. he had six, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it was the same in the in the um, practice game as yeah. well the week before. But I think that that kind of works in his favor that we've seen him play two good games in a mm. row. We saw him this week and then last week in the um in the practice match. He didn't have stats, but he had a massive game. Um, yeah, the fact that he played so well and looked really good in that half forward role, I think eighty plus is probably well on the cards for him. Yeah, he's the right he's the right age too. Like he, he was in the same draft as Raul and Anderson, so I just uh, I think all the signs are there for him to have a massive breakout. Even if he doesn't get the mid clock that you would normally associate with a big breakout, I think he's gonna get around the stoppages and get around the ball enough that yeah, he's gonna he's gonna post fine numbers. Yeah. He's had an awesome preseason. Mm-hmm. His his VFL numbers as a mid two are through the roof. They're, they're enormous. Huge. Yeah. Um Lockie Ash was actually really good off half back. He looked really good. Coming coming as well. I think coming's gonna be a legit primo now. What did you think of Ash? Well, I really liked it. Well, he's in my keeper team, so I'm stoked about it. And yeah, I, almost, you I almost delisted him as well. He was so disappointing the last couple of years. Um, Kingsley gave him a big pump up uh, before the game. Really? Yeah, they interviewed him. I watched it today. Um, they said, who's been the standout this preseason? And he goes, Lockie Ash. Lockie Ash. Wow, okay. <laughs> he's like, I love the way he goes about it. That's massive. Yeah, the question was something like, who's who's led like the way in terms of like, uh, setting the tone for the preseason. He's like, Lockie Ash, I love the way he goes about it. Wow. I want him to be like the man off halfback. That's cool. Something like That's that. That's actually yeah. massive. Yeah, yeah. it's a big pump up. So um, sh- shame he doesn't have DPP because he'd be a juicy pick. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I thought to myself. I was like, man, he's mid only. You could probably put a line through it. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm stoked for my keeper team. You would be, man. <laughs> Whitfield was awesome too. Just all the Giants halfbacks were just really, really good. Whit looked... Particularly in the first half, like prime Whitfield. 
Yeah. It was just slicing through. Yeah, it just, he just looked really, really good. He's quick and he runs all day and he yeah. wants the ball in his hands. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. It's good to see. I think he's going to be a, a top six defender by the end of the season. Um, Let's talk about Constable. Yeah, that's just who I was, <laughs> I was about to say. What are your thoughts? Um, Well, he's in my team and he's going to stay there. He took he took kickouts. He's too cheap. He's yeah. too cheap to, to leave. Yeah. Um, there's not too much more I want to say about that. I think I think he's worth the, taking the risk on. What do you what do you think he averages? Because he's what 332k defender, and he's been in the the, the league for so long. He's done solid numbers as a mid when he was young. The signs are there for him to be awesome. Seventy five plus. I reckon he could do more. Really? That's I, that's probably the minimum of where I see him going if he's playing as a running defender. But it's just such a lock. Him and Warps are, are probably the two biggest locks for me <laughs> the, this preseason. The job security for me, I don't think it's quite there yet. But no, I think he's well, he's got a game round one, but like he's going to have to keep playing well. Yeah. You well, know what I mean? Especially with those other guys coming back. Um, yeah. what, who was it? Ellis and Weller. I Are believe the guys that were missing. I believe Weller played. Interesting. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Don't hold me to that. I, <laughs> okay. I don't want to be held to it. No. <laughs> I was lying. <laughs> <laughs> off the dome. Yeah, look. Sometimes you got to go with these and they, they don't always come off. But <laughs> um, I, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome though. The quote from Stewie Jew was really encouraging where he said, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be there around one. Yeah. As in, he's done enough. He's going to be there. We'll he at has. least give him the opportunity to show that he can be in our team. Yeah. That's all you need to see. All right. Let's Wh- move on to... No, no. no? You no, don't want to no. move on. All right. Sorry. Wits. Oh. <laughs> was solid. Rock solid. Wits is going to be a great choice for our two people. Put that one in your pipe and smoke it. Or don't, because we don't condone that on the Cousins pod. <laughs> Davey's had a lot of CBAs. He should not have CBAs because he's bad. Now I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> now you're done. All right. Let's move on to Western Bulldogs versus North Melbourne Kangaroos. Ready, set, go. McRae is going to be huge this year. <laughs> I'm not saying this based on his score. I'm saying this based on McRae being the man. McRae is the man. He's done 115 like four times. He's going to do it, man. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like weirdly vindicated already. He hasn't even done it, but <laughs> yeah, like just, I'm just so confident in it's happening. every fiber of my being that Jack McRae is going to do like 110 at a minimum. I think I think he's a 115 guy. Yeah, I agree. It's Jack McRae. And he's getting bulk mid-time. I was... Part, part of me was hoping that he wouldn't have a massive game. Just and so he would just fly under the radar. People would think that he's just going to be bad, or yeah, because that's how bullish I've been on McRae this whole time. Yeah. I will die on that hill, on that Jack McRae hill. Me too, mate. Me too. Run us, okay. Run us through your thoughts of the dogs mids, because I know that you're pretty keen on all of them. Keen on all of them, yeah. What, like, what do you mean? Like, who I am keen on? Who you keen on? How you see him? Sort of what you think the season's going to play out like for the, for the dogs midfield? Well, this is the thing. They all present upside they all present value um just because of dunks there's like 40 percent to gain for all of them you know um and i think the other one i'm particularly keen on who also had a great game is marcus bontempelli 
the bond. Yeah. Um, I really think he's going to get more midfield time this year. I mean, obviously, for the reason I just mentioned about Dunkley, but the fact that they've recruited um, a billion Lob. tools. Yeah, they have so many tall forwards, and it looked like they worked well together over the weekend, and they were happy playing Bont in the midfield. I think it's just a really good sign. Um, we've seen in the past some of these other like midfielders who play like a bit of a mid-forward split kind of go between these certain roles. Um, and like with Cripps, you know, he like was a predominantly a midfielder, but would also rest forward like quite a lot. And then last year, it was just like, nah, go, just go be our midfield bull, do your thing, and he goes and has a Brownlow year. And this is just, I don't know, it's just a hunch that it's going to be a similar thing for Bont this year. All the signs with the way that their team is structured is like, all right, you're going to be like a 75-plus percent CBA guy as opposed to the 58% that he had last year. So there's, there's a significant bump that he can get. Yeah, he, he's such a talented player. It feels like a Brownlow he, it feels like he deserves a brown though. He's he does. That I think he came second to Ollie Wines, right? I think he... Yeah, he did. And yeah. I think he he's come second or been very close to winning another time. But Bond is literally the man. He's so good, <laughs> man. I love him. <laughs> you want some more Bond stats? Because I can just keep going. Please do. All right. Let me get them up for you. Just just quickly, Bailey Smith was really good as well. He's an awesome classic option. Yeah, yeah. All of them are going to be really great. You could, you could feasibly start with McRae, Baz, and Bond. And be happy <laughs> if you re- if you really wanted to. All right, so let me hit you with some other stats that show that Bont is underpriced. So in 2021, he averaged 108. So that's he's eight points down on that. He averaged 105 in 2020, where he had a rough start. And in the back half of that season, he had 80% CBAs. For guess how much he averaged in the back half of that year? A lot, because we both owned him. <laughs> yeah, we did. And he averaged 124. That's he was one of yeah. the top midfielders, one of the top players in the whole game for the back end of 2020. This is COVID. COVID stuff. Yeah, the by COVID the way. year. So there's an asterisk, but still, that's massive. That's massive. It's massive. All right. And then here we go. In 2021, for the first 18 rounds, this is 18 rounds. So this is almost a full season. He averaged 112. Yeah, it's huge. And then actually, he had, he had a slow start for the first four rounds. So if you go from round five to round 18, he averaged 117. Over a fourteen game stretch. Yeah, he's it's massive. He's always had these stretches where he just looks like he could be an Uber primo mid. Yeah. This this yeah, this could well be the year without dunks in the team. Yeah. I, I tried to tell you about it a couple of weeks ago and you shut me down, cuz. Nah, I've always loved I've always <laughs> loved Bont. No, you have. We both have, but I he's in my team and I I love it. I love seeing him there. I rate it. Um English was solid, ticked all the boxes if you keen on him. Uh, didn't he didn't show any bad signs or Will Phillips? He's someone whose game was interesting because he looked very very bad for the first three quarters. Like his disposal efficiency for the game, I think was around thirty five percent, which is nowhere near where it should be. He had he was one of the highest CBA getters for North. I just, I'm just concerned. I think he'll play, and he's probably fine as a bench rookie, but a lot of people were keen to start him on their fields. I don't think he can. I don't think he's developed anywhere near as much as what he should have so far. It's a, it's a hard one to read, you know. Um, from all reports, he was good last week. So maybe it was just a bad game. Who knows? It's so, if he gets it, Hopefully he gets a gig round one, and they just give him 
opportunity because I think he can be better than that. Yeah, the, the big concern with Phillips is the sub as well. So hopefully he avoids the vest um, or the not vest because apparently they don't have to wear a vest now. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, Powell was awesome. Yeah, buddy. He kicked two snags, had a few disposals, scored an 80. If you're keen on him, 491K, you could do that. I got him late in our keeper draft this year. Cheeky. Yep. <laughs> Cunnington was, was solid as well. He had 27 touches. Um, He looked fine. Like it, Cunnington's never been a fantasy player, but his, his value is just the fact that he's priced at a 24% discount on a couple of years ago. So... I think he's priced at 75. He should do, you know, 90 plus. But in the forward line where it's so stacked, I don't. I can't really find any room for him. I thought you were going to chime in. No, <laughs> no, I was just. I'm just staring. I'm just waiting for you to keep talking. McLean was good in the second half only and put up a bad score for the game. I am concerned about starting with him. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it's a tale of two halves, wasn't it? Um. I'm concerned too. We we debated this before the episode and we should have checked this because you said that he started at half forward and I thought he started on the wing, but my memory is hazy now. He he, he did play <laughs> a lot of forward in the game. Um, yeah, he did. I just, I think he's closer to that sort of high 60s average that he did before his injury than he is to the 90 plus numbers that he did for a year or two when he was in the midfield. Yeah, exactly. Well, it doesn't look like he's going to get that inside midfield time. And maybe that ton that he dropped in the finals last year is just like a, you know, it's a trap. It's the honeypot score. Um, it's not in his price, but yeah, I don't know. It's hard to gauge. the four, What did he have in the second half? 45? 45, yeah. Solid. Yeah, For it is. price, that's super solid. Uh, if he dropped a 90, everyone would be jumping on. Yeah, he looked... He looked good from what I saw in that second half. Yeah, um, for sure. But yeah, the first half. Is the, the thing concern. is, that was such a like the dogs absolutely pumped North Melbourne as well. They were just it was pretty pretty bruise free in that last quarter, which is when you know he was he was junking up a bit late. Yeah. So uh, he's I'm passing. He I traded him to Callahan, and ha. I traded him to. Flanders. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to to stick with that. I'm more confident in Callahan than Oakley Doakley. Yep. <laughs> All right, so, segueing, <laughs> segueing into our last game, Melbourne v what, Richmond. Are there, did, did you talk about Sheasel? Oh, I I must I must have missed him. Sheasel was awesome. He's a lock to start on your field. I got him. Pretty late in our keeper draft, and I'm thrilled about it as well. Yeah. Um, I can't believe I missed him. Yeah, he was awesome. A massive yeah, he standout. Great. He kicked, kicked a, a few snags, looked really good up forward, then went behind the ball and just was racking up in defense as well. Yeah. He, man, he is probably the rookie other than Ashcroft that I'm most confident in on my yeah. field. Yeah. All right, final game. Now segueing into, yeah. into Melbourne, Richmond. Uh, okay, uh, before this game started, a funny thing happened. Me and uh, one of our mates in our Keeper League pulled off a trade, which was Machito Owens for Liam Baker. And it looks like I've absolutely swindled him getting Baker back. Because <laughs> well, you needed you needed defender depth, right? I did. I needed depth, and I thought Baker was going to be sort of a 70 average 
defender and he has the DPP status as well as a forward. He played half back, took kickouts, kick-ins, racked up. It looked quick, like, mate. It, <laughs> watching the game, I felt like I just pulled off the biggest heist of all time. <laughs> it's hilarious, mate. You sh- messaged me. Sh- shout out well. to Harry. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Harry. Um, you messaged me about it, like Baker looks phenomenal, and I thought you were talking about Oscar Baker. He Oscar Baker also, in the other game did look great as well. <laughs> But yeah, I was super confused. And then we chat about it more today and I realized what happened. And talk me through it because I, I didn't watch this. Man, I I don't... He looked awesome. It, it was like they just gave him shorts roll from last year or last year and the year before. He was playing halfback. Like I said, he was taking kick-ins. He was just sprinting so hard for the ball, impacting contests. He was everywhere, mate. <laughs> so you're telling me you're keen on him as a classic option? Maybe. <laughs> I don't It know. sounds, it feels dirty. It does. <laughs> it does. And it's a classic case of don't get sucked into preseason. But, man, he looked as good as you can look. And he's a player that we've o- sort of always known has got fantasy potential. He's always put up these random good scores. And we thought one day when he gets the role, he'll be a stud. And one day just never came. But it could be one what? day, two day, this season, it could be the time. Yeah, well, he had he had a couple of kick-ins. Yeah, he, he didn't. You know, he didn't have like ten kick-ins or something. I think he had he three. Had, there you go, three, and the most was Floston with four. So that's pretty solid. Solid. Last year he had like four percent kick-ins or something like that. So yeah, not any. he's always kind of played as a utility. Like he's played defense, forward, wing, midfield, but never had a solid position. If he's playing as a running defender, he could be great. You'd be brave to start with it in classic and. Some would even say stupid, but <laughs> you can consider it. That's all I'm saying, people. <laughs> what else did you see? Max was awesome. Max was awesome. He looked like he's going to still be a primo rock, which is cool. Must hurt to say that. It does. He's a vlog. <laughs> nah, I've got him in keeper, so I'm actually thrilled about it, but I just have a, a general sort of disdain towards Max. You guys have an interesting relationship, don't you? We do, mate. It's very hot and cold. <laughs> Uh, Taranto was great. He's going to be awesome this year. There's not really much to say. He was full-time mid. He smashed it. Uh, Lockie Hunt looked really good. You wouldn't do it because he's probably going to play wing this year, but he was awesome. Grundy is an interesting one. He kicked three goals in the first half and got himself to a really solid score early in the third. And then I think he sat the fourth. And so watching live and seeing the scores tick over, I started getting concerned, but then realizing that he didn't play the fourth. It's hard. I don't know if he did enough because he kicked three goals and he's not going to do that every game, but he looked really good. Yeah, I mean, we, I talked about this last week when we recorded that he he really passed the eye test for me when I watched their, um, their practice match last week. Um but the concern for me is that he had less CBAs than Max. Yeah, but that's also part of the him sitting out late in the game. Like his tog was in the 60s, so it was really low. That's going to skyrocket. Ah, man, I, he could be good, but it's yeah, it's a no for me in classic. It's not, it's not a starting option, I don't think. But it's a it's definitely a watch list yeah. type of operation. Yeah. 
Hopper was bad because he is bad. Doesn't have anything to do with role or tog or any of that. He just is bad at footy. He's bad at fantasy. Fantasy. We'll He's say bad that. at fantasy. <laughs> Hopper, if you're listening, mate, I apologize. You're just bad at fantasy, not footy. <laughs> um, what else? I hope Jacob Hopper listens to our podcast. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. <laughs> He'll become my new favorite player. Shout out to Hopper. You're the, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, there's not really anything else. Not much. Hey. Yeah. Uh, McVee played, and he's someone that we were looking at for our defensive benches, but he did nothing. Absolutely nothing. He scored ten points. I don't even know what his tog was, but I'm let, looking for it now. Let's have a look. It's higher than it's higher than you'd want. Wow. 81. <laughs> that's that's hectic. Yikes. Yeah. He he did he did one good thing that I actually saw, but yeah, you you're not doing that. I think that that wraps us up for the the preseason games. Gus. Oh. Yeah. And w- neither of us have really been considering him for a couple of weeks now. We did early in the preseason because Yeah, we did. There was all that talk of inside mid and it was looking like he could re-break out and be the Gus that we we sort of became accustomed to from a few years ago, but he didn't really show a whole lot in this game. Again, I think he's a top six defender. Yeah, me too. He's also priced like one. So that, I mean, that's, yeah, you rule him out. Yeah. Again, just to reiterate before we we segue into some segments, it's pre-season. A lot of primos don't put their best foot forward. There's, you know... All the scores aren't accurate. This is just what we've seen and what we can kind of take out of the games. Um, yeah, don't put too much faith in the preseason. But also, it's the only data that you've got. So it does have a lot of relevance. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> you just said like two polar opposite. Well, it's kind of a PS, It's kind of a, like a PSA because people always bake you on Twitter for saying that you're keen on stuff out of the preseason games but it's our only data. sometimes sometimes it does work out to be true and then sometimes it doesn't yeah like liam baker i'm not going to pick him in classic no. but he looked awesome but yeah again you if he did if he did break out properly as a primo defender you'd be like oh okay i guess the sign was there, was there. yeah exactly um yeah so interpret how you will make your own decisions this is just what we think of the players how we saw the games. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's roll into some segments. All right, here we are. We're ready to do a segment. We've just, decided just we've talked for <laughs> over an hour now. Um, we're just going to do the one segment today, well which is going to be a quick fire, um, and then we're going to save the rest for next week. We've got, we've got lots to talk about still, but we're going to save it. Um, so we've got a new segment for you guys, and it is Trap or treasure trap or treasure wow okay so in trap or treasure i'm going to go through um all the bigger scores from our preseason games and i'm going to hit keebs with a quick fire and he's going to tell me whether the score indicates the player is a trap or a treasure so let's go First name, Sam Flanders. Treasure. Treasure? Right. Absolute treasure. Sean Darcy. Treasure. Yeah. He, he, sh- sh- yeah. Okay. Should be solid. Andy McGrath. Or. Is he in your team? 
treasure. Yeah, he, he is in my team actually, but I, I'm undecided. I'll go. I'll go treasure. Jordan Clark. Oh, he's like the poster boy for trap. <laughs> he is, isn't he? But I actually think he's going to be good this year. So I'm going treasure. Oh my gosh. Okay. Let, all right, just quickly, let me clarify. I need to say this so we, don't, no, we don't immediately lose it's a quick, all, all it's credibility. A quick, it's a quick fire. <laughs> just quickly, I think Clark will do high 80s this year. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, Caleb Sarong. Treasure. Jordan Ridley. <laughs> trap. Okay, that's our first trap, Jordan Ridley. Will Setterfield. Trap. Oh, trap, trap. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard, man. It's a hard segment. James Warple. Treasure. Okay. Uh, Miles Bergman. Sexy. Trap. Sexy trap. trap. Yeah, sexy trap. Uh, Tanner Brune. Trap. Wanganeen Miller. Nasaya Wanganeen Miller. Trap because he's mid only. Yeah, okay. Errol Goulden. Treasure. Finn Callahan. Oh, treasure. I'm, I can't believe you hesitated that much. Yeah, I think you he's pumped gonna, him up so much. I think he's going to be awesome, but I could see it being one of these scenarios where we think he's going to be this beast and then he gets stuck out in the wing and starts dropping like 40s on us. But no, nah, I think he's going to be good. Treasure. <laughs> Man. All right. Tom Green. Treasure. Okay. Oscar Baker. Trap. Liam Baker. <laughs> Harry, if you're listening, nah, it's trap. I reckon it's a trap. All right, Ollie Wines, treasure. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's Ollie Wines. He's underpriced. He's not going to be bad, but yeah, he's underpriced. Uh, Liam Duggan, trap. <laughs> Harry, if you're listening, <laughs> Harry again. Duggan, Duggan's a punk, and you're a punk too. No. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac, I'm coming. sorry. I'm sorry, Harry, for all the bags, mate. Isaac Cumming. Treasure. Charlie Constable. Treasure. Will Day. Treasure. That's it. That's all I've got for you. A lot of treasures. Tra- there's a lot of treasures. I think that's an insight into the mind of Keebs. He's just... A twisted and, and scared man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the opposite. You're just keen on... Ev- you're bullish on everyone's output. I can't believe you brought up Duggan. Why? It's Duggan, man. All right. You hate him. Yeah, I, I do hate him. All right, we'll leave it at that. That's Trap or Treasure. All right, thanks for sticking around for our one segment that we've decided <laughs> to include. Um, yeah, if you made it this far, you the man. It's it's all woo man. Yeah. You the woo man. <laughs> um, it's been a massive chat. Oh, it's been a mammoth pod. Love it. Follow us on Twitter. At the Cousins Pod. <laughs> at the Cousins Pod. One more time. At the Cousins Pod. Yep. At the Cousins Pod. Pod. Yep. Um, follow At- us on no, Twitter. <laughs> we we post um, our opinions. We post relevant news where we can. I don't know. We, we engage in all the discussion about fantasy. Um, and yeah, we love doing it. We're going to keep doing it. And we're stoked to be very close to round one. 10 days. 10 yeah, days. 10 days. It's exciting, mate. It's so exciting. So uh, yeah. Off we go. Thanks again for tuning in. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Yeah.
your cousin. Kiss your cousin. Kiss him on the lips. Kiss your cousin. Kiss your cousin.